Hello, and thanks for joining us on the podcast that discusses all things gaming. Coming to you from the home of Gen Con and the gaming capital of the world, this is The Established Facts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 75 of The Established Facts. Doesn't seem like it's been that long, but we are actually celebrating the beginning of our fourth year and the end of our third year of production. Thank you so much for all of you who have uh, endear- or endured your ears to our voices over the last uh, three years. And we are excited about year number four and uh, 2014 and 2015 to come. So, uh, without further ado, we're going to go ahead and start our introductions. Ladies first. This is Dr. Deb. This is Josh. Greetings, mortals. This is Lance. Hey, this is Derek. This is Prime. And of course, I am your host, Big Don. And uh, we are uh, going to kind of do a fun episode. It's a kind of a mid year. As opposed to our normal episode, well, no, which no, are no, like I, work. That's right. That's right. Uh, no, I just mean uh, um, normally we talk about different game topics and things like that, but I think we're going to get into more of our uh, experiences thus far for 2014 and some of the things that we've really enjoyed and some of the things that we're looking forward to in uh, the second half of the year. So uh, we do have a versus topic for you guys, which I think would be kind of fun. Um, so our versus topic is going to be single-player gameplay versus multiplayer gameplay. And for those of you who don't necessarily know what I'm talking about, maybe you're not so much the console or PC gamer, you're more of a, a board game or something, um, as we as we put it affectionately earlier, do you like to play Solitaire or do you like to play Scrabble? So, you know, what kind of uh, what kind of gameplay do you look forward to? So I'm, uh, I'm going to go ahead and start to my left with Prime. I'm going to have to say uh, single player for me. Single player. Multiplayer. I'm going to say single player only because the current generation doesn't support very many local multiplayers. I don't like online multiplayer. Local I love, though. So after he said that, I'm, a lo- I'm now confused about my answer. But um, I'm going to have to say single player, probably for a similar reason to my husband, which is very strange. The world is just a little bit off at the moment. But Well, I am going to have to agree with Mr. Lance and have to say multiplayer, so... You are not alone, my friend. Uh, so, Lance? Yes? Please tell the listeners why we like multiplayer gameplay. Uh, for me, and me alone, I can't speak for you, oh. but I like to have fun with my friends. And if I'm, I'm doing it solo, you know, it's fun, it's cool, it's, it's great. But gaming was originally and has always been a communal experience. Um, and that's just me. And it's not just consoles, because I have a Wii, and it's built for having multiple players, thank you. That is very true. That is very true. Derek, uh, why do you like solo player a lot better? Um, 
I didn't really think about the what Josh was talking about, which was local mo- multiplayer. I would actually enjoy local multiplayer. I just have found that online multiplayer um, has a lot of issues with it. Um, not only is it... Um, it brings about the worst in anonymous um, people. Uh, and... Like, I played the Final Fantasy uh, multiplayer. Um, I played WoW for a little bit. But every time it seemed like I went in a party, it was just annoying, like, little brats. And they're like, well, why are you doing that? Why are you you're playing that wrong? And they start doing a lot of, saying a lot of things I cannot say on this uh, rated episode. So... Well, that that goes back to what you, I, sir, are like. I am. I am detriment <laughs> to this table. Okay, quick thing. I had my monster can like right next to me, uh, right by Lance, and then he does a wild gesticulation, and it just went everywhere. And it went on me, went on the table, and now he has another drink beside him, and he just like nearly destroyed that too. To be fair, mine have lids. <laughs> That's true. I'm sorry, I can't drink out of a sippy cup for monster. <laughs> But getting back to the original main point, that's that's one of the reasons that I like multiplayer is because I like to play with my friends. Mm. If you're playing with a group of strangers, it is a completely different experience. So this may put me in the fence sitter category, but that that's okay. I've been there a couple times before. Um, I love playing multiplayer in person. I love the Wii. Still another reason why the Wii is an awesome console, because that is what it was designed to do. In fact, just last weekend, we were all sitting around and playing Mario Kart for the Wii and having a fantastic time. Wii U. It was the, okay, it was the Wii U. Sorry. Another great invention, by the way, by Nintendo. Ding. Um, but, when I watched Derek, I've watched Josh, I've watched several others on both Xbox and PlayStation do this online. I've never been impressed um, I'm like, that is not what I want to do. It, either these these kids who are obviously like eight are on there playing and you're like, oh, dear God, deliver me. Or it's, you know, a bunch of language that, you know, no one should see or repeat. And I'm like, this is not fun. So I'd rather be by myself having a great experience or having my friends. So I, I didn't realize that there's a hybrid to that. It's that? like when Josh um, plays like uh, Last of Us mm-hmm. and we have a bunch of other people in the in the room. Yeah. See, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Well, I don't know if you can necessarily classify the game The Last of Us a fun game. <laughs> as much as entertaining as it is, it's, it's pretty scary. <laughs> and you, depressing. Well, you do, and, you do oh, it with yeah. Watch Dogs, too. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. I mean, because you've been doing that, too. Well, I don't know. I think the funniest way was when we, I've watched him play Saints Row, mm-hmm. any of the Saints Row games, because that game is just absurd. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you're adding to the absurdity by watching and saying, oh, God, watch out for the prostitute on the corner. <laughs> As we all should say. Uh, that's, that's right. right. That's right. <laughs> Nobody wants... Anything they got. No, that's you the don't. Gift that keeps on giving. This is your medical comment. No, you don't. Well, I mean, Dr. That, Deb that, said no. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, I, I think that kind of brings us into uh, a little bit of a, a complimentary topic to that is uh, in the world of of. Mostly single-player games, it seems like. I mean, very, very few, especially, like Josh said, especially nowadays, 
there are very few games that are actually engineered for local multiplayer play. It's like if you play an Xbox game, you have to have Xbox Live just to play with your buddies in the same room. You have to all log into your own Xbox or Live like account. Like Halo, when we were playing Halo Four, right. it was like I was upstairs. Yeah. We well, had you people can, down. You can system link. Yeah, you can system link. I was you laughing at you all because it looked so silly. I'm like, you're yeah. on the same game. And yep. you are all in, like, three different rooms. Well, yeah, but that's the only way you're going to be able to get more than four. Right. Uh, but that's even a problem. So, there was a time that's when you were at your apartment. Flaw. Yeah. There were four of you, and two of okay. you in two different rooms. Like, Technologically speaking, you have seen PC games. You understand what they what they do and what type of power they require. Mm-hmm. So they've shrunk that down into a console. The fact that they're able to put four on at one time is a marvel. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And... The other the other issue that you that you brought up is playing games like WoW, and when you play in a or massive Eve. multiplayer online role playing game, mm-hmm. you are playing in a multiplayer game, but you are playing your lone wolf character. So it's how like it's it's kind of a different environment of gaming in itself. You're not sitting next to your buddy playing Mario Kart Eight on your Wii U. You're sitting in your room with a computer and playing with somebody halfway around the world. That's playing the same game, or maybe you're all in the same guild, or something like that. So, Josh, you had something. Yeah, I was gonna say the biggest issue that I have with um, uh, single versus multi is the fact that I feel like when you do like a multiplayer aspect, it, there's no room for storyline mm. for the game. That's why I like doing single player because, like, Assassin's Creed, that's not a multiplayer. That's a strictly sure. single player game. You know, well, they've got like a multiplayer for the right. They got. Multiplayer but online. That's different. I agree. I think that I think that there are different formats for different reasons. But I I still contest that games like Gears of War or Army of Two or even Halo to an example or for an example or uh, Call of Duty. Those games have multiplayer campaign settings that are really rich in story and they're really good, especially. Like Gears of War and uh, Army of Two, I know that my brother and I play that game. Play we play the heck out of that oh, game, and it's just so much fun because you get to ch- you get a chance to play with your buddy, and there is a really in depth uh, campaign setting for that game. And then when you play online, it's even more so. But go ahead, Josh. Well, um, the, the the trend going on right now with um, at least there's a couple of games that are definitely coming out with it. Titanfall. The, the big game that came out for Xbox One, it was their big launch game, and uh, Xbox 360, now that it's out, that whole premise was nothing but online multiplayer with minimal storyline. Yeah. And I think there is an in-depth storyline, but the point was is they were trying to focus on your ability to have multiplayer first-person shooters. Okay, well, it's fantastic. No, it's no different than Call of Duty, any of them. Well, no, because the Call of Duties have a big, heavy storyline, unless you do... The multiplayer, the multiplayer part. Because what has happened last, the last generation of consoles was a a lot of you have a multiplayer campaign and you have a single player campaign. Very rarely, unlike Army of Two, I said Army of Two was a, an exception to that. Um, a lot of those were separated segments. But I'll give you the, exa- the Destiny beta that Bungie's got out right now. You are playing a lone character, yes. However, as you're going through the storyline. There are online players running around in the same area you are, and there are certain parts of the story where you need people to jump in and help you, and you just grab somebody online, which could be a buddy of yours on another console, 
or whatever, and you go up to them and say, hey, look, we need to go do this mission, and you guys go and do the mission. Or you walk into the mission yourself, and once you get to the mission point, mainly the resurrect, where they eliminate your ability to respawn, uh, that is a is locked to either you or the number of players required for that story. So it's it's neat because you can run around and see all these other people and they can help you and they can kill you and open you know parts of the mission. But once you reach the point of the mission where it's like this is your responsibility to get through here, they all go away. So it's now a single player. So it's really neat. It's the first time I've ever seen that. Um, so maybe we're starting to see a little bit of a trend of combining multiplayer and single player in such a way that they can work together harmoniously. Um, what am I... Uh, you were talking about... I mean, that's an interesting concept. But um, one of my issues that I've had with massive multiplayer games is um, you have those people that min-max their characters. and We play role-playing games. Uh, no, I'm, there's an end to this. <laughs> um, and they... St- sit around and watch for noobs and then they destroy oh, yeah. them and then they feel eve. like yeah eve is a big culprit of this um so you you spend all this time trying to get all these very limited resources you grind which is a very 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 boring thing and then you get whacked within like two minutes because some guy had to wave his thing around and say oh look at me i'm so tough and then i'm gonna kill a noob uh, all the noobs I can. So I just... It sets me off as far as as MMORPGs are concerned. And that's one thing that I would be concerned about with a style like that is, okay, well, I've, I've garnered all these resources. I'm ready to go into this mission. Okay, some, some person decided that they wanted to kill me. Now I have to read. Well, from what I understand, there's no PvP element to it. Okay, well then that changes it. I never got shot by anybody. Now that being said, I did walk into an area where there was a monster who literally had level question mark, and it killed me in one shot. It was terrible. (laughs) That's a balancing thing, but I mean... Well, I just walked in. I I shouldn't have been going there. That was the reality. I shouldn't have been there. (laughs) And I think think Derek's point brings up a very interesting subject. I mean, do you feel like... When you play games that are multiplayer online games, whether it be an MMO or whether it be a first-person shooter or something like that, I seem to think that a lot of times when you when you have, especially like, it drives me crazy when you're when you're just playing your first-person shooter just for fun because you enjoy first-person shooters, and then you've got that kid who's eight, nine, ten, twelve, fourteen, and they have this attitude like, you know, they are, you know, King Pooh on Turd Mountain. Mm-hmm. And they can they can take out. Well, I didn't, you know. They did. <laughs> Lance is looking at me, trying to figure out what I'm talking about. Um, but I feel like, uh, and and let me know if you agree or disagree. But I feel like there is a false sense of confidence that comes with people who play games like that. And it seems like a lot of times the kids who are playing games like that who have that false sense of confidence are having to deal with other social issues like maybe the fact that the only friends they have are the ones that they're playing those games with at times. And I'm not saying that that's a general, a general thing, but I feel like 
Oh, that's totally possible that they're you know, getting their frustration out. They can't get it out on real life, so now right. they're going to. They're the bullied so, kids that right, they exactly. go home and like. Well, this is the only place where I can feel powerful and blah blah blah. Right, and instead of having a positive outlet, like whether it be you know your parents playing games with you and kind of building up your confidence, or having friends who actually care about you, mm-hmm. you know the only the only outlet you might have is getting online and snapping Acting some noobs. Yeah. That gets into a much bigger discussion about the internet and the anonymity of the internet. I agree. And the parents, watch your kids. If they're playing yeah. games, don't just let it be the babysitter. The kids are going to say online what they're saying to their friends, not what parents or what they want the parents to hear them say. That's such a difficult phrase. I like it, though. I, I <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. I, I don't even have kids yet, and it was one of the best things that happened when I was a kid growing up. Uh... You guys remember Killer Instinct for the Super Nintendo? That was a fun game. Yeah, but it was like Mortal Kombat was violent and Killer Instinct was just like, I don't know what people were thinking. But um, but my parents got us the Super Nintendo and saw uh, Killer Instinct and just the different games we had. And my mom was like, oh, but let's see what this is like. She, I got to the loading screen. That showed the little video beforehand. She goes, and nope. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? It's, she, I know this is just a game, and you need to understand that this is just a game. You're not playing that. <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was pretty much what just happened. You're just not playing it. But because they engaged, they they always wanted to see what games we were playing. They always wanted to see, and possibly be involved. My mom playing Super Mario Brothers 3 was one of the funniest things in the world because she loved the little boot. She every time she got it, it like, das boot. <laughs> she jumped around in the boot. It was so funny. So engagement is it's it's important. It really is in in this situation. So don't let your kids become online zombies. I feel like we're making a public service announcement. And now getting back to the multiplayer thing, right? Um, I do like multiplayer, except when playing Super Mario Brothers games on the Wii U. Because I think oh, it I is know. a friendship killer. It is. <laughs> Anytime you have four Very people so. playing that yeah. game at the same time. Any side-scrolling game that Another requires game. more than one person to do, That's right. you're going to start hating each other That's right. instantly. <laughs> Just turn it into bubble! <laughs> bubble, bubble! Why did you bubble? Oh. You told me to bubble. <laughs> we can't all bubble at the same time. <laughs> I was I Josh, I wasn't telling Josh, though. But, but right. what's Josh? I am so confused. So good. Anyone that hasn't played Mario Brothers games on Wii U, just disregard the last 20 seconds. That's right. Or Or, just go and play. Or play it and experience the craziness for yourself. We may have our arguments about Sony and about Microsoft. When we had our discussion about PS4 and Xbox One, my wife gave me all kinds of grief. She's like, I wanted to be there for Wii U. Somebody's got to stand up for it. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> all I know well, is, all I know is that last weekend, what did everyone say? You know what would be fun to play? Rock oh, no. band. Well, That's yes. right. PS3. Boom. Uh, that was yeah. After and, we hadn't yes, played Mario it for Kart about 8. what six months, and yeah. Mario Kart Eight. Mario That's Kart right. Eight got first dibs, if I recall. It did. Yeah, then we played, played it, and then we played some Rock so Band. You noticed who didn't play Mario so, Kart Eight? So because the lone wolf that, over there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so. Ah, ah. This podcast brought to you by Nintendo. <laughs> um, but is Nintendo like how how is Nintendo doing for Wii U? 
Uh, I don't have the dumbest. They had it, they they have had increased sales here recently, especially with the the Mario, Mario Kart eight release. Mm-hmm. There was there was a big increase in sales. It's still not nearly as much as it did not sell as much as the original Wii did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's gaining a little traction. But they're they're trying to fight a really uphill battle right now, where Microsoft and Sony are just duking it out like crazy people. So. I, I, they're still releasing games for it, and they haven't. They they are of course discussing the next generation for them, but they haven't announced anything. If they do, it'll be next E three or the following. So, yeah. Which okay. is really interesting to me because I mean I I love the Wii U concept, and I Princess Katie likes the Wii U, and Don's wife likes Wii U. Is, I it, mean, is it different enough from the Wii to? Make it worthwhile. Not really, but there the the one element that I say, yeah, we're recording. The one element that I say that was a big that a lot of people kind of take for granted was the Wii U controller mm-hmm. being able to be utilized as a single player option. My wife and I will sit. I, I'm playing Watch Dogs, or I'm playing The Last of Us, or you know whatever game I've decided I'm going to pick up on the PS4. She has no interest in it. She goes, grabs her Wii U controller, and can sit there and play the Wii U. They're spending quality time together playing separate games absolutely. and chairs that sit right next it's to each other. Isn't that what married life is all about? <laughs> it really is. Well, you know, you've had the discussion with your wife about stuff like this, how you enjoy watching video games, Oh, correct? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. This, it's not that surprising. It's not. All right, so that really gets us into our discussion topic. We're going to do um, kind of a, a review on what the first half of our 2014 year has been. Um, you know, we've done, uh, as the established facts, we've we've attended and we have exhibited at several different conventions, which is kind of new for us, uh, which is kind of cool. And um, we've also played a ton of games um, at those several different cons and and in our homes and things like that. So, uh, so real quick, what I would like to do is kind of talk about some of the uh, conventions that we have gotten a chance to attend, uh, and not just local cons. I mean, we I think several of us went to uh, Indiana Comic Con in March, and uh, we had an exhibitor table at Indie Pop Con in May. Um, however, we have also um, we've also attended. Uh, Fear the Con 7. I think we had a fairly large group of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were seven of us. Seven, seven of, of us yeah. went this year. Yeah. And then... Um, Derek and Lance. And then Derek, Derek and Lance went out to San Francisco for... Bing, bing. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Gamer X2, is that what it is? Gamer X2, yeah. Okay. You actually had a table there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Selling the now-released Universal Storytelling System. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And, uh, and of course... Uh, you know, we've got Gen Con coming and a couple other really big conventions coming in town here uh, within the next six six to eight months. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so, really what I want to get into is um, the cons that we have attended this year, which are Fear the Con 7, uh, as attendees, excuse me, not, exhi- not exhibitors, but uh, as attendees, Fear the Con 7 and uh, Indiana Comic Con. Um what uh, what did you guys enjoy um, about those conventions, and what do you feel like uh, for the years to come uh, they could improve on to continue to make those great conventions? Well, I I could, I could speak on uh, both of them. Uh, I know we've had a lot of conversations about Comic Con, but some may not have had their opinion. So I'll I'll let others put their opinion. So you'll you'll 
tell them what their opinion is. Well, no, we talked about Comic-Con earlier uh, in the year, right after it happened. We had quite a few conversations about it, but that doesn't mean everyone here got an opportunity to put in. So I've done my part. They can say theirs. Fear the Con, on the other hand, was a roaring success. Mm -hmm. Uh, They had roughly 120 people, I think, were there. Mm -hmm. Um, I ran a... Quags game that was supposed to be universal storytelling, but I just didn't feel confident doing it. But the Quags game worked out really well. Uh, our friend Avital, who's probably one of the biggest Doctor Who fans we know, got to actually run off with the Doctor in the story, so that was that was pretty entertaining. Um, played in a, ca- a game with Derek where we got to be the Fear the Boot hosts. I played Chad as Batman, uh, but he had no bat suit. It was it was funny. We'll eventually release an actual play of that once Derek gets me the SD card. <laughs> <laughs> it's whatever. Um, and uh, then, of course, the all-night dungeon crawl, which uh, I've been terrible about not posting any video links up, but I've got YouTube links to about six of the eight hours or so recorded uh, of us just playing the dungeon. Uh, so Fear the Charity raised, what was it, $2,600 this yeah, year? Yeah, it was about that. Uh, and nearly, like, nearly... Which is almost $1,000 more than they did last yeah. year. Yeah, mm-hmm. and three-quarters of that was from the Dungeon Crawl. Yeah. So I, I think that's going to become a slot 5-6 thing next year instead be. of an overnight. So that's going to be it's going to be a really awesome, just awesome. And then meeting all of the, meeting a few new people, kind of getting a relationship there. Beth Roper um, kind of opening that relationship up there, but then... Extending the relationship with Adam Godfrey because he was he was awesome for that evening and and Mark oh I'm totally blanking his name right now Mark Mark Ooh. if you listen the guy Answer who was name. in our our all night dungeon there was Mark yeah, and then Mark. the other oh, guy the other sorcerer um, the other sorcerer or whatever yes he was a part of the other yep, podcast he was a former remember. podcast guy the the guy we intervened with in the kick to the dice bag oh yeah yeah yes, yes. I remember Mark yeah. and I'm totally yeah. blanking on the other guy's name I do apologize but uh, he was a sorcerer I remember what he did yeah. so those guys were really cool cool relationships to kind of farm up uh, was his name Tony no it wasn't Tony who was the guy that we randomly met that was his first con Zach 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 Lorton Lorton yeah um, shout out to Zach. Uh, Wait, you remember the guy that you met? It was his first time, but you can't remember the guy that you met. Yeah, we, played, we played like six games with this guy. Somehow, in six slots. He was, he was in like half of the games that we played. It, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, and then we played the random uh, Cards Against Humanity game with him after. And then he, and then he and played then King of Tokyo with me on Saturday night at yeah. the hotel. She's more like a Starcore-ish. Yeah, yeah a, little bit. a little bit. He lives in Illinois. He's a fan. Yeah. <laughs> Good guy, but it was his first. Con- He'd never yeah. done role playing whatsoever. He had improv experience. Well, and he, oh, he was amazing. He yeah. was—he's uh, friends with Dan. Dan yeah. They went to high school together, yeah. I guess, something like that. Reverter, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. So, I mean, that was a roaring. That was just in those those couple days. Those are the things that stick out quickly to me. And I know that a few others were did the overnight a couple other games, and I'll, I'll let it go. But Fear the Con set. We are looking forward to Fear the Con eight. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, and I'm actually putting together a uh, plan because last, uh, this past year, we um, raised money to send um, uh, people who couldn't pay for tickets mm-hmm. um, uh, to the con. And um, next year, I'd like to expand that a little bit further. Um, I'd like to um, uh, actually raise money to. Um, Pay for plane tickets and hotels as well as that'd be awesome uh, tickets. 
but it would be limited to people who haven't been able to right. be there before. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. And then it would just be probably like a lottery or like an essay thing or I something think it's like really, that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <Lance>. <laughs> Yeah, Lance, Lance will be there next year with us. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the Fear the Con Charity Scholarship Fund. <laughs> yes. That's really what it is. Um, yeah, I For definitely... For just a day. That's right. <laughs> we can sponsor our can lonely sponsor. gamer. Instead of St. Louis. Uh, oh, we're making a commercial now. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I threatened about that. Oh, no. The plan um, is to make one for the dungeon crawl with whatever the charity is. Mm-hmm. We're going to work with Josh Wooten to get one made up. For whatever that charity uh, ends be cool. up being, yeah, we will. Um, so I definitely have to agree with you, Josh. Uh, Indiana Comic Con. I think now that we've had a few months to kind of let our opinions simmer. Uh, overall, I thought it was that was a very fun um, opportunity. Uh, it. I really feel like, though there were some difficulties that they had, in general, Indiana Comic Con opened some doors to other conventions that happened this year. That had it not been for them, they would not. The other subsequent conventions would not have been as successful. Most definitely, um, India is now on the convention map. Yeah, on the greater scale, absolutely. Um, like PopCon is a direct yeah descendant of they, that. Yeah, because uh, originally they had about the same amount of space as Indiana <laughs> Comic Con, mm-hmm. and uh, and because of uh, just the limited amount of space and numbers that Indiana Comic Con they. Obviously, they didn't realize what was going to happen. I mean, it's the first time that outside of Gen Con that we've actually had kind of a larger scale convention at the convention center. Um, and they they pretty much, I think they at least doubled, if not tripled, the amount of space that they had for they Indie PopCon. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they had over 300,000 square feet of space for Indie, uh, Indie PopCon. And I think, honestly, uh, honestly, again... Being a first-year convention, there's some growing room. There's a learning curve. But for, for the most part, that that convention was so much fun. And we had an exhibitor table at that convention, and I still had a blast. I didn't get a chance to go around and see everybody that I wanted to, but I did get a chance to sit and talk with people. And I actually sat and uh, taught a couple people how to play a couple games while we were sitting there. And it was just a lot of fun. We, we met a lot of really cool people. And... Uh, it, that's definitely a convention that is going to go on our calendar um, from now until you know either it stops or we stop going or whatever. But um, but it was definitely definitely a good time. Fear the Con Seven. This was my brother and my wife and myself and our friend Avital's first year going, and I wasn't really sure what to expect. Um, and thanks to uh, the blessing that Adam and, and Derek had put together with the uh, kind of the sponsorship program. Um, we were a lot shorter on funds than we thought we were going to be, but we were able to uh, go, and uh, we had a blast. Uh, that's definitely going to be another convention that is on our calendar um, from now until infinity. Um, I know another big blessing for them is I think this is the first year. I think Beth said this is the first year they've actually made budget mm, for for nice. Fear the Con because they usually have are at kind of a loss at the end of it, but. This year was like the first year that they actually made budget, which I thought was great. The overnight dungeon crawl was a blast. So much fun. We were all so dead dog tired by the end of it, but it was so much fun. Um, I ran two games, uh, two two slots. I ran a USS game in my second slot, and I ran um, a big King of Tokyo game on the second slot of Saturday. 
Um, and so, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I had a really good time, and uh, I think it's definitely a convention that is going to grow, uh, especially as they continue to grow in their dedicated community of booters and things like that. So, um, sorry, Doug. You, uh. I was gonna put a plug in for those. Um, you know, we, you've heard us talk about um, Fear the Con before, if you've listened. You know, to us for the last year or two, but um, I really have to put a plug in because I know that um, I'm gonna hope I don't get in trouble with her. I know that Bonnie was um, maybe not a hundred percent sure. She didn't know what she to was expect. Hesitant. She, was she didn't know what to expect, which I can actually totally understand. My personality, I'm the same way, um, and so going into it. But I have to say, if you're a gamer out there, that the idea of going to a con, you're kind of like, eh, you know, I'm not sure. And I like Gen Con because it's so big. There's sort of a sense of anonymity there because, you, you know, you're one out of 30,000 people. So, it, you know, the, you're a little fish in a very, very, very big pond. Well, going to Fear the Con, um, I was so excited to see as, as the days passed that she was really enjoying it because if you're more of an introvert or if you're a little quieter kind of a person... Because it's a small con, you end up interacting with similar people over and over again. Like we already mentioned, Zach was one example. And so by the time you're done, you may have played in several games with sometimes the same people, and you've really made this connection that can carry on to future years, which is great if you're more of an introvert kind of a personality as opposed to a work-the-whole-room person. <laughs> well, and I also think if you're a newer gamer mm-hmm. in general, that's a perfect con to go to because if, you go, if you've if you never gamed before and you go to Gen Con, I can easily see how that can be overwhelming mm-hmm. for somebody. Oh, um, yeah. Even extroverts, like... You've got a hundred choices for one slot. I mean, what do you I'm exhausted. This will be our 12th year going, and I am Mm -hmm. utterly exhausted by the time Sunday comes around. It'll be my 10th year then. Yeah. Because you went, and then you took Mike, and then I went the following year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But there's there's a... The Fear the Boot community is a little bit unique in gaming communities. Um, Like... They will take people, especially new people, under their wing, and, oh, yeah. um, and really like I don't say guide them, but you know, make sure that they have a good time. Oh yeah. Um, and especially in in situations where I mean, it could just easily devolve into you know the nerd shaming type thing. Um, and another example, because I did see Bonnie ha- like smiling and laughing and, and having a great time, like towards the end of the convention. Um, but I, um, I was I'm developing a board game, and it was really rough around the edges. But um, the group that I had, and it wasn't just like my friends, but also like people, strangers that we we met there. Um, they rolled with the punches. Even my um, ruling changes as I was going along, trying to fine tune things, um, and they were really helpful. And they were looking to have fun. And it was a late slot and everything, so it could have easily gone really south. But I will say um, two things. One, when it comes to Bonnie, I actually put together her schedule before we showed up, just to make sure she had events. So that if she wanted to play in a slot, and uh, what was funny was I I picked a bunch of events that I was going to be playing in because my wife is an introvert and I figured, you know that kind of that safety net of 
I, we didn't get into the first slot, and she was like, I don't want to play these games. I'm just going to play what I want to. I was like, you know what? That's fine with me. Do what you want to do. And so it was really surprising uh, to see her, like, just at a table with people that we had never met and, and having a really, really good time. And I will say that um, I was kind of surprised that, you know, there was there was probably 100, 150 people at the convention, so it's not a it's not a huge convention. No, um, but I will say that um, I met a lot of really cool gamers that I am really excited to see again next year at Fear the Con because I know they will be there. <laughs> and uh, and for games like Derek, you're uh, working on that stuff, and even with your USS stuff, mm-hmm. I think that a community of 100 to 150 playtesters mm-hmm. is a really unique opportunity that yes. you that not everyone gets. And if you are working on something like that and you want a venue to be able to actively sit down with players and show them how to play your game and get feedback, Fear the Con or similar cons to them, if there are other cons that you know about, please let us know what these cons are. But cons about that size that are purely gaming conventions, I think are a breeding ground for some really cool opportunities for people. So it's like the local comedy circuit. Like yeah. Yeah. The small hole in the wall comedy clubs where people work on their yeah, material absolutely. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um one of the things I'd like to get to is I mean, we went to the director's chair so to speak, uh, this year with the Established Facts having a booth at... Uh, yeah, Indie PopCon. Uh, Indie yeah. PopCon and me having uh, a booth at uh, Gamer X. Gamer X, yeah. Um, it, it's a very different perspective doing that than it is being an attendee, um, especially, like, you see a lot of the cool things that are uh, events that are happening that you can't attend. Yeah. Um, because you're you have to be behind the booth. As someone who was primarily behind the booth, I, I'm going to talk to Lance about this as well. What what do you? How did your con going experience change? Well, I can honestly say for us uh, when we went to Indie PopCon uh, and we had our booth at Indie PopCon, and I was there two out of the three days. Um, one thing that it was really funny because I made this comment by the end of Friday and I was like you know for sitting down and not moving for 8 10 hours I am so tired like it was it was cra- I mean I'm an extrovert and I, I'm kind of an extreme extrovert I will pretty much talk to anyone who has a face um it's true. And if you don't have a face, I may even still talk to you to try and figure out why you don't have a face. Exactly. Um, but I had such a good time meeting people and talking to them about what kind of gamers they were, what kind of games they liked. We had a group. Uh, it was a dad and his son and his daughter. And his son and his daughter. His son was, I think, 12, and his daughter was, like, 14. And they came up, and they saw we had, like, a bunch of games uh, laid out on the table to kind of pique people's interest and come and ask us about what we do and things like that. And they were like, oh, I love Munchkin. And, and they were sitting there just talking to us about, you know, I guess their dad had gotten them into Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like that. And I was Good like, dad. yeah, oh my gosh, yeah. Like, if there was a category of winning, this guy had it as a dad. <laughs> like, um, And it was so funny because 
nowhere else would I have gotten the opportunity to sit down and talk to a 12 and a 14 year old about gaming, you know, and talk to their dad about some of the things that he has done to really encourage his kids through gaming. And it was every person that we met was a new story mm-hmm. and, and a new experience. And there was a guy that came up who is, uh, he organizes, um, there's a group of veterans uh, I, I remember that guy. Yeah, I can't remember what the group is called. It was I, I don't remember the name of the group either, but they were But they but it's a, it literally it's a group of retired veterans in like the 50, 60, 70 year old age and they're all gamers. And he stood there and he talked to us about like his group and I was like this is like the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and and Sunday was just as exciting and I think as an exhibitor for what I may have missed with walking around as an attendee with all the stores and with all the comic book people and with all of the actors and things like that that I would have probably loved to have met, meeting the people that came up to our booth every opportunity that we had was just as fulfilling as if I were an attendee and I walked around. And from a, a – I mean that was a perspective of, of uh, us not selling a product. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lance, yes, <laughs> uh, you were at Gamer X, and you were um, working a booth where the primary purpose was to sell a product. Um, what? How do you feel your um, con experience was different? Is there something you wish you um, were able to change about it? That sort of thing. I really didn't go there as a con attendee as much as an employee. My job was to sell the game. So I didn't go into it thinking, oh man, I'm going to go to that booth and check out that thing because I knew I was going to be kind of tied to the table the whole time. Now, I'm a con like commissioner. I go there and I commission something at every convention I go to. And there were people there that had great artwork and I would have loved to have gone and talked to them. But my mission there was to sell the universal storytelling system. So that's that was the mindset I was in, so I didn't really miss out on doing those things. So, do you think that that mindset helped? Um, I mean, should you go into a mindset if you're at a booth that's selling a product, or even if you're going to promote like the established practices, which is free? Do you should you go into it with that mindset, saying that you're an employee, you're working now? For me, with the the small group of just you and I, yes, because one person had to be at that table at all times. If you go with the established facts, there are six of us at the table now. You have the chance to, okay, you guys stay here, I'm going to go wander around, and then when I come back, someone else can go. So I think the size of the group matters, the size of the table matters, but I don't think I missed anything because I didn't go there looking to do much. And that was that was something that we practiced at Indie PopCon, was there was a rotating group of somewhere in the neighborhood of five to six of us throughout the weekend so it was like when you know when somebody wanted to get up and go and see something or go and get an autograph or uh, or check out the Batmobile or something like that, uh, there was somebody there to kind of take their spot at the chair and and even those who aren't necessarily regular podcasters with us, our friend Avital, my wife, um, yeah, Lance, who, yeah, um, it was it was nice because they're all at least listeners. And so they understood, if you will, the product or what we were – because we weren't necessarily selling anything for money, but we're selling ourselves. We're, we're talking to people about what they like and what we do and, and uh, trying to encourage people to check us out and, and leave us comments and, and 
uh, hope to network with those people to, if for nothing else, see them at the next convention and have a good time and possibly have the opportunity to sit down and play a game with them. And I understand what you were saying about right. at the end of it just being completely tired because oh you gosh. are always on. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're trying to attract someone to your table, and granted, a lot of people listening that are gamers that have booze know this, you're always smiling and you're always oh, yeah. trying to be energetic. And people are great. pure hell. For <laughs> <laughs> an introvert. For introverts, it is. That's right. Can you being For half of us, it was amazing. For the other half, we were like, I'm putting myself in that it. and going, oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. I, I, very clearly, awesome. I very clearly remember your wife saying one after she uh, that Friday, I think, where mm-hmm. she was there the whole day, when you were there the whole day. <laughs> after Afterwards, we were like, okay, what do we want to do next? I remember hearing your wife look around write it and go, I don't want to stay anymore. I want to go home. Yeah, that's exactly what she said. She goes, I don't want to stay anymore. I want to go home. And I went, I'm going home. (laughs) Smart husband. Uh, That's right. That's right. And, you know, I will say, uh, I was really surprised because we had both both of my sons, my three-year-old and my five-year-old were there. And, you know, they were, they got bored sitting there for a while. So they, you know, want to play a game or something like that. But I mean, for the most part, the crowd was not so big that it was overwhelming to have them there. Like, when I needed to take time to kind of make sure that they had something to eat or they needed to go to the restroom or something like that, it wasn't that big of a deal, which was really kind of my biggest concern. Yeah, and I, I think that um, having at least three to four people at the booth is going to be imperative. That's oh, I yeah. learned a lot oh, from yeah. Gamer X. I mean... Uh, I would have probably three or four people at that booth so we could rotate around because it just... And a separate booth for the different things that we had. Because you had Bonnie's Jewelry, which was awesome. You had the Established Facts, which was great, but it was also covered up by some of the gaming stuff. So people were like, and so what do you do? Are you selling jewelry? Yes, but we also have this game, and that's the primary reason. We are a multi-purpose Swiss Army knife of awesome. Um, but on the other hand, I've talked to um, someone who uh, go, re- routinely goes to different cons. This is their full-time job. Right. And they said, the way to do this is that you have to build up product. Right. So you have to develop um, good quality product. And then when you have that variety of products, then people will come to your booth and want to say, okay, I'm looking at that. But I also want that and that. So um, so they will purchase multiple things, which means that it's easier to make uh, your money back or even make maybe a profit off of that. Well, and, and ha- you know, having done the exhibitor thing and having worked in sales um, in general, sorry, um, I can definitely tell you that it, it also helps, and you've probably both experienced this, it also helps to have somebody there who knows what they're talking about, mm-hmm. you know. They know the USS system enough. They know about Bonnie's jewelry enough. They know about the podcast enough that they can hold a conversation, even if it's for five minutes with somebody, and they can just kind of give them the rundown of why they're there and what they're vending. And and I know that you sold 16 16 16 copies, copies, which is awesome. I mean, that's awesome. It it is considering the fact that it's a role-playing... And it's a... I mean, it's a brand new... You just... role-playing system. I mean, that... That's something that I I had in the back of my mind, but I didn't really want to admit, is that selling role-playing systems is very difficult because there's so many of them. And um, so you need the accessories around them, like the deck of playing cards. You need 
the novels. You need the campaign system stuff mm-hmm. that you can uh, add to the, just the, the depth of yeah. Yeah, I want to I want to plug the the booth that was next to ours oh, at Game yeah. Rex, the uh, Machine of Death guy. He had his game. Yeah, I'll, yeah, tell, I'll yeah, tell you guys about totally. this offline. Yeah, but he had his game. He had uh, additions to his game. Okay, he had dice that were just specifically made for his game, but could be used for anything. Right, you know, dice are dice. He also had this concept where he would just he, he had you get to pick four things on a page, and he would draw it for you. Oh wow! And he made so much money off of people just coming up and saying. Draw this for me. We we actually had a guy across from us at Indie PopCon who was there vending. Um, what he was there, kind of previewing um, a graphic novel that he's working on, uh, based on a Dungeons and Dragons campaign that he and some friends played. Um, which I got a chance to kind of talk to the guy for about a good five ten minutes, and it, his story is really really cool. But he had these things called comeback cards. Mm-hmm. And it was literally just a little blank, like, three-inch by two-and-a-half-inch card mm-hmm. that had his name on the bottom. And he said, if you come back and you buy a print, even if it's just a 5 or $10 print, I will draw whatever you want on that card. And I think that idea, especially for an artist or something, like, if you can find something like that mm-hmm. for your specific genre mm-hmm. of vending... That is such a cool idea. Like, because it's something that it, it's a limited limited thing where you can only right. get that at the convention. Right. And, yeah, the guy next to us at GamerX was really cool. Contrasted with the guy next to us at PopCon, which just disappeared, like, oh, the, halfway. The, he was a nice guy. He was, he was there Friday. Yeah. And he was a very nice guy. But he, for a guy who was there selling his comics... Especially considering they were published by Dark Horse, it shouldn't be hard. Yeah. I mean, that's a major comic book publisher. Mm-hmm. He didn't talk to anybody. He didn't, well, he didn't engage anybody. That's what I mean. Like, all. yes, the people that he engaged were people who came up and specifically started talking to him. Mm. And I feel like introvert. we... Very much so. Introvert. And yeah. he was an amazing... Like, his art was awesome. And the comic was awesome. The idea behind it was great. And he has a major publishing contract and you can't sell a product like well and part like, of the reason yeah. is because like visually the only thing that he had at his booth were the comic books like right. he didn't have any kind of backdrop right. but all we had at our booth you at least was a couple a, games and a bucket of candy and some microphones yeah. and some microphones and and we literally pulled people into our booth and i mean we didn't i mean it was just a table but we pulled people over to us just by engaging them. And I, I think that for somebody who may have, if you understand that you have a difficulty talking to people, find a buddy who doesn't. Exactly. Eric <laughs> and Lance, that's a perfect combination because Lance can engage people and say, hey, you want this product. Why do I want this product? Well, let me tell you. And exactly, that's exactly what I said. And Derek, we found that it was much easier to sell the game by playtesting it. Yes. It, oh I mean, my goodness. Minus exactly. the one guy that took up an uh, hour's worth of time at the booth. Okay, he yeah. was the exception to But the he world. was the exception. Everyone that playtested bought. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That's very cool. That's an excellent that's piece of... Cool. That's an excellent piece of knowledge that will serve you for the rest of your gaming existence. And, right and one thing that we picked up as uh, exhibitors at any PopCon was... You know, people want to know, you know, what are you guys podcasting about and things like that. And one thing that 
Josh and I talked about next year when we do PopCon, we're going to get a double booth. That's yes. the goal. Yes. But having space to be able to sit down and play a game with somebody and say, you know what? Not only are you going to enjoy listening to our podcast, but just like Mikey Mason has said, you are, we're now friends. Mm-hmm. You have sat down and you have played King of Tokyo with me for 45 minutes. I showed you how to play the game and we had a blast. And guess what? Now we're buddies. And now you're going to want to listen to the show just to keep up with us right. and leave comments. And, you know, it's like that's the – you want to build a relationship and a rapport. It doesn't matter if you're actually selling something for profit or if you're just selling yourself. So It's, it's, it's similar to what um, – like with the artists, like what you're saying. Yeah. They would draw it at the booth. That's building a relationship to the person. Right. Um, just in art form. Yeah. With us, with like games where we were playing, playtesting the game, or when the established facts were playing games, like established games, then we, that was our way of building a relationship. Um, and you just need the space to do it, and I think that that's... Isn't that what gaming is all about, though? Whether you're at a con or whether you're at a yeah, presentation, but, uh, is creating the relationships with the people. I mean, that goes back and to what And it shouldn't be this big of a revelation, but no. it is because a lot of like booze mm-hmm. don't do it. Most exactly. of them don't do it. Right. They just think somehow magically people are going to just poof in and poof out like mm-hmm. Tinkerbell. But, I mean, it, it's one of the most basic principles on the planet, which is you create the relationship and then the profit and the whatever, you know, somebody right. buying your stuff, someone listening to your podcast, somebody, you know, giving you a thumbs up like on Facebook, whatever it is, is going to come from it. You're not well, going to get it no matter how brilliant an artist you are. Well, and the fact of the matter is people aren't going to put their money in a product that they don't care about. Right. They, oh, you know especially I mean? if they don't know about it. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. So kind of, kind of moving ahead from there, you know, we've got... It's July now, um, and we've got another five months or so. Is it still July? When is this podcast going to drop? It will drop at the, yeah, at Monday. Okay, so it is the end of July. It's the end of July. It's the end of July. Um, For all you Fuber people out there. That's right. And, and, you know, we have got a lot more things coming uh, down the line for us. We've got, uh, of course, Gen Con is coming, and... uh, um, so what I would love for us to kind of get into is just some of the what was that look for? I, I do we want to do it now or do we want to include it in our pre Gen Con episode? I mean we've already What's got that? fifty our our 2014 year in review. We've got fifty minutes of con talk and that's true. I that's why I'm asking. Do we want to do it? I mean I'm, well, I'm cool, but do to, I don't understand what you're asking, sir. Don, he's not for Don. Ask sentences. about what um, <laughs> because our pre Gen Con is going to be all about Gen Con. So right. Ask what okay. what conventions oh, are okay. we going to? Okay, that's what you were asking. Sorry, I Maybe. did not. If you're not going to take control of this podcast, I will. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> I, I was trying to. I just wasn't sure what direction you're I was fine. going. Unfortunately, in. Deborah okay. and Don are so, not talking the same language at the moment. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, at at minute fifty five. Um, <laughs> uh, let's just kind of briefly get into a preview of some of the conventions, and and if you can tie in a convention and maybe a game or two that you're looking forward to, uh, we'll kind of do it roundtable style. Um, we'll start with we'll start with Debbie this time. Um, go around the table, and you know, a game or a convention or something that you're looking forward to between July, the end of July or beginning of August to. The end of December 2014. Well, I always say after Gen Con, because everybody here is going to say Gen Con. Well, so, that's yeah. fine. That's fine. Well, I'm honestly... And this is 
I honestly cannot figure out what I'm going to do after Gen Con. And the reasons for simple matter is, is that I'm going to be having our first child sometime in there October. You go. So there that's you not go. a convention. That's um, not. But well, I mean, we can make it one. You all can make comments on the Facebook established facts page. Absolutely. There you go. Um, Did we just but, come up with Baby Con? Yeah, yes. Um, baby no, Con. So which hospital are we going to this in? Indianapolis, Indiana. Witness real life childbirth. Baby Con. There's a limited ticket sales for that. Two. One. Mike's wife and I have already established that there are certain limits between friendships, and that is one of them. That's right. Speaking of that, congratulations to the Matsies. Yay, Matsies. Ashlyn Michelle But That's totally cool. No, no, I'm not I'm not mad at you. Ashlyn Michelle. Michelle. That's right. Ashlyn Michelle Massey. And that is number two for the Massey clan. Second girl. So She was born on the 25th, which happens to also be my three-year-old's birthday. It's the 25th. Destiny. Wild. Destiny. That's right. Um, Destiny. So, uh, in regards to how many you know of cons, um, I don't really know if that's going to be in my future beyond Gen Con. Um, maybe eventually. Eventually, it will be, but at this maybe point, maybe not right away. Um, and otherwise, I am having so much fun playing my Wii U that I'm I'm blessing whoever invented it in Nintendo because I can imagine this being ideal. Like you know, I'm taking you know I've got baby girl next to me. And okay, I want to do something, but I don't want to go far from her. Hey, I can just pick up my Wii U, sit in my you know seat right next to her, play the game. She starts crying. I hit the pause button. You know, I, I love how easy that can be. Um, beyond that, uh, we're gonna keep playing our games here at the house. Are you, are you a Super Smash Brothers fan? I have played it in the past. Um, okay. but I haven't played any of because it's coming out. Yeah, it, it comes out in uh, I think October. Well then, ne- like okay, that. that is definitely more friendship it killer games. Yeah. Yes, we should yeah. play it by myself. But that's on purpose. Yeah. Like yeah. that is that's the point. So. <laughs> so that would be a definite possibility right there. I wow. love that she thinks that after she has the baby, she's going to have all this time to play video games. Right? Like, <laughs> no, 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 please no. I was saying it, if she's sleeping, okay, play the game, and then when she starts crying, you yeah. hit the pause button yeah. and then you paused it. You'll so. be sleeping while she's yeah. sleeping. You'll be lucky to get sleep. Yeah, yeah. I'm, so I also realize this point, but. I'm yeah. trying. I'm trying to be oh, a gamer. Good. It's an adjustment. It's an adjustment. Uh-huh. Joshi? So, uh... She already took the baby, so I, you gotta cool. come with something else. I, that's, uh, that's all right. I'll be here for that, too. Um, <laughs> you guys do better. Right. <laughs> She'll well, hunt you down. The, the, the Last of Us is getting the uh, high-definition remaster. Uh, actually comes out on my birthday, July 29th. And I may actually play through that game again, just because now it's on the PS4 and I want to give it an opportunity. Very rarely do I willingly pick up a game to play it a second time, but that one might just be worth it. Um, obviously, with Madden coming out, and uh, the, there's a slew of games coming out between now and October uh, in particular, but Madden always sticks out for us, and uh, I am excited, as many times I've mentioned the WWE fan that I am, uh, in October, WWE... WWE 2K15 comes out, and one of my favorite wrestlers of all time is finally making a WWE appearance in Sting. Will be an official character instead of a like first created wrestler like most people do. Um, Sting has finally come to the game. Two generations, both the short blonde Sting and the Crow Sting. Uh, so excited to be a part of that to get that 
game and see what they do in the evolution of that. Now that it's coming to uh, the next generation, you got to pre-order that to get that. Oh, I will. Don't worry if I haven't already. No, I'm just saying that for the listeners oh, too. You got to pre-order that to get that. So right. Uh, or knowing like yes, you need to pre-order, but the, what has happened in the the past is like three they months open after up it comes out, they yeah. it's like two dollars yeah. or something like that, and you can uh, add Sting on or something That's like right. that. But why not uh, get it for free? Right. Mm-hmm. The uh, Assassin's Creed Unity is going to be oh, coming out yeah. later this year. Uh, you can just stop going down my list. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, PlayStation Four exclusive. Uh, the Order eighteen. 18- 86 I think is what it is I don't remember if that's coming out the end of this year or the first of next year uh, what's I, that one I, huh? what's that, that one about that one's a it's a first person shooter steampunk monster hunting game uh, it's kind of a horror based okay, game okay I'm going to be interested in watching that well, at least it's, it's, it's kind of a horror based game but you're fighting vampires and werewolves with like Grim, steampunk style guns like Grimford no not steampunk that's not steampunk a lot kind of, kind of like that very very dark looking it's 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 a Playstation exclusive it's going to be very interesting <laughs> speaking of exclusives I know I'm going to take another one off your list because I'm pretty sure that this Christmas I may go ahead and jump the gun on the Xbox One because of the Halo Master Chief collection I hate you I'm sorry <laughs> you this is this, I'm talking all video games. There are other... I mean, Pathfinder releases are coming out. The Advanced Class Guide. Uh, I'm not just talking about video games. You're talking right, about everything now. I can throw out anything. <laughs> You're talking about the stuff I'm excited about. I'm excited about the Master Chief Collection and a lot of really cool games. There are more on that list. I've, more I've got, pre-ordered. I've got two on here. That I haven't video mentioned. games okay. that you haven't mentioned. Sorry, I'll mention I, them. Don't then worry. I, then I'll shut up. Yeah, of um, course you will. Needless to say, gaming has got a really good outlook for the rest of the year. Uh, and hopefully I will be able to play at least a little bit of it in between sleeping and taking care of Maggie. That's right. Changing butts. Lance? Um, I play a lot of checkers lately. (laughs) (laughs) I'm teaching my four-year-old how to play turn-based games, so we're playing checkers, we're playing Connect Four. Awesome. Getting her into the gaming slowly. By Do not play tic-tac-toe with her. (laughs) No one plays tic-tac-toe with her. It's pointless. (laughs) <laughs> I watched Bonnie try and play it with Joey last night. He, it was Tic-tac-toe. yeah, it was pretty entertaining because Joey just wasn't quite getting it. But he likes there's there's a couple games that he he really likes Candyland and he likes uh, there's a Disney we have a Disney matching game that he really oh, memory shoots and ladders. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, essentially memory. I'm also looking forward to video game wise Diablo 3.5. That's that's one that I, I I do like that single player game. It is a multiplayer game though, and my wife and I play it all the time. Barbarian all the way. Barbarian. That's right, barbarian. I'm, I'm a big fan of the wizard. I like the necromancer. Uh, Universal storytelling system. I'm going to take that one away from Derek because I just I found in selling it that I love playing it. It's just so free form, so open that there is no two games alike. And conventions-wise, uh, I think after Gen Con, I'm done until the end of the year. Derek? Um, you know, I I am probably going to be um, the least active <laughs> of everybody here, but I'm going to have so much that I'm doing. Right. Um, I'm not going to have any uh, conventions um, after... Uh, no, I lie. So after Gen Con, uh, I'm actually going to attend an indie FurCon. Ah, yes. So um, I think it'll be an interesting experience. Um, 
What is that? <laughs> okay, it's a. Have you heard the term furry? Yes. Okay, it's a furry convention. Oh. Okay, for those of you that yes. haven't heard the term furry, okay. it's people that dress up like mascots, animal mascots, mm-hmm. in, in elaborate or, or subdued costumes. It could be as much as the entire headgear, full body thing. It could be as much as wearing a neck collar. Hmm. It's, uh, it's people that enjoy anthropomorphized animals. Right. So hmm. things like Bugs Bunny or... Okay. Uh, going, I mean, that's Disney's really Fox and the Disney, okay. yeah. Um, okay. So it's people enjoy, who enjoy that type of fandom. So um, they had a con for that. Oh, they've got <laughs> lots of them. It's new. They do yeah. now. <laughs> um, it's a, I think it's a couple of years old. Oh, I think it's yeah, it's several, years old. several years. Is it old. in indie? Not yeah. well in indie. I think it's like I think I think it's, it's, it's two a, or It's three. a couple years old indie. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, but it's been ten, a decade or, or more for the, the uh, fandom. Um, but m- most of my time is going to be um, creating games, writing books, that sort of thing for the next five, six months. Um, and then um, I'm ending the season one of my campaign at the beginning of September. Um, and I think the next convention I may go to will be in February time frame. Um, but I'm trying to apply everything that I learned at GamerX to, um, to what I'm going to do next. Um, speaking of WWE, Josh, uh, we saw Darren Young at GamerX. Um, I knew he was going to be there. And they were previewing the 2K15 um, there. So they had like two huge monitors, and and Josh didn't get to play it. Be jealous. I am jealous. <laughs> I've played every one since SmackDown. Just bring it. Every uh, single one of them. Gosh. Gosh. And if you guys haven't weren't on the, um, I don't know where I posted this on Facebook, but I actually won a game at GamerX. Did you? Yeah. What'd you win? Assassin's Creed Three. Oh, nice. <laughs> Such a good game. I haven't. I haven't played it. I didn't own it, so it was. It was really good. I mean, I know it's an older game, but it's it was really it's cool. still a really good game. Yeah. <laughs> um, Assassin's Creed. Yeah, he got a chance to walk away from the booth while we were there. <laughs> I had to. I had to. It was like I was going. Yeah. I, it was like I was. Uh, Introversion yeah. was going crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Sensory <laughs> overload. Yeah. So, um, anyways, that's that's my okay. Brian. Um, well, considering the fact that. Um, before this, I was used to going to one con a year, and now I've been to four. <laughs> I think I'm pretty much going to stay low for the rest of the year, because that's pretty much all I can afford. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, unless, Jeez. unless they get thrown into another convention, I don't know, we'll see. But um, as of right now, I don't have anything in the, in the works. Um, in regards to games, I can't really think of any off the top of my head that haven't already been mentioned that I'm looking forward to. So, yeah. There you have it. Awesome. <laughs> oh, I will, the rest of Don's list. I will also say the Mega Man board game. Yeah, oh, right. Coming out. Yes. right. They said that December. by the end of the, end of the year. Okay. Um, awesome. I'm getting the we're, deluxe we're, pack. We're getting copies. Good. That it, it looks gen- like a lot of fun. and We, um, I mean, as the, the pod. I don't mean... Oh, I didn't because I have a copy. I don't remember you buying one. No, 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 no. I just mean like <laughs> we're, we're going to have a copy to play amongst like us. Be two of us. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll let you guys. We'll I don't think it's, it's not going to be released at Gen Con. 
Because they don't have... They're I, still getting the rights, the their approvals from Capcom. Are yeah. they? Yeah. Oh, okay. They I just they got... They've got... What? Most of it. Yeah, like... I think there are like 80% of the miniatures have been approved. Yeah, okay. That haven't been yet. And they said that it's going to be by the end of the year. Okay, and I'm getting cool. two deluxe copies, so one I'm going to be auctioning off at Fear the Con. Yeah. And um, the other one will be for us. Cool. So. Either way it goes, I'm happy for that guy, man. Yeah, Jason, he's, he's got a lot yeah. of stuff coming up. Like he's, he's got like a star, uh, like a outer space type of game that will be played on like you know those play mats mm-hmm. for card games. He's got that uh, kickstarting right before Gen. And Con. they'll be at Gen Con, and they're going to be at Gen. So Gen make sure Con. you go I mean, by the Jasco booth. Definitely um, check out the new uh, UFS uh, set and stuff like that. Yeah, they've got the Mega Man set out there and then they'll have the tins out there but the Darkstalkers tins will be a couple of weeks after that because okay. of, of shipping issues from China okay so alright well there you go okay so um just to throw these out there uh for all of you listeners there is another convention coming to Indianapolis after Gen Con that uh is not an established uh convention yet it is called Awesome Con uh, 2014, and it'll be at the convention center. It is uh, the first weekend in October. I can't remember if it's like if that's like this. It's like the sixth like and seventh or something. Like I think that. it's like the I think it's like the fifth and sixth. But yeah, yeah, it's like it's like those. It's the first weekend of October. Whatever. Uh, so what whatever sets the dates it are. apart from the other conventions that it's are coming. awesome. So far, <laughs> the fact that they have Wash, and I'm okay with that. Oh, Alan Tudyk. Alan, T- yeah, Alan Tudyk. Ah. That's all. That's Don't all look at me now. like that. <laughs> what? I don't like you anymore. You know, this whole silence thing is so rare. So we're just like, <laughs> great on radio. Okay, so. Moving on. So, um, so, yes, Awesome Con 2014. Uh, it's uh, obviously it's a new con to Indianapolis. Uh, it's actually a fairly new con in general. Um, check out their website, uh, awesomecon.com. Um, of course, Gen Con uh, is. In like two weeks, mm-hmm. uh, two and so, a half weeks. That's right. So uh, it can't come sooner. That's right. So and that's going to be a really good time. That's gonna <laughs> that's gonna be a really good time. But anyhow, as far as as far as some of the games that I'm really looking forward to in the second half of the year, um, I've got a pretty large list of uh, different board games and RPGs and stuff like that. Uh, of course, Josh said, you know, Madden and. WWE and Assassin's Creed and stuff like that. Um, but Sims 4, he didn't mention Sims oh, 4. No, I'm not a Sims player. My wife is. I know. I know. And, and then didn't mention the new I didn't mention it because that's a game that I won't have time with. That's right. Baby. I mean, and then, uh, Sims 4 requires, Sims requires focus and dedication that's right. and a it passion. Does. So you don't kill your Tamagotchi. Yeah, that's well, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's the most advanced form of Tamagotchi that's ever. Right. <laughs> and actually, speaking of Tamagotchi, it's funny that you mentioned that. Um, uh, in I believe uh, October, for those of you who are interested, the new Pokemon game comes out oh. for 3DS. Um, I'm okay, thanks. Hey, I like Pokemon, but Kings of New York, yeah, huge, huge release at Gen Con. I think, I'm King pretty sure it's. King I, Tokyo. I'm pretty sure they're releasing a copy of it. At Gen they're Con. gonna try to, yes. Okay. Um, I mean, that's gonna be one of those things that they'll probably be out of it. Was it oh, 30 yeah. seconds? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, they, have, they haven't offered a pre-order, or I'd already right, pre-ordered it. Right, um, <laughs> Slugfest Games, the guys who make uh, Red Dragon Inn, uh, they've actually got two new characters for their allies deck. So if you play Red Dragon Inn, they've got like Natalia, the troll uh, 
something I can't remember the witch doctor troll oh. witch doctor um, and then like Pookie the, you can play as Pookie Yay. oh they have new they have two new characters uh, 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 brother Bastion who is basically like a priest and uh, Ezric the mighty no Ezric Ezric the uh, elemental master that's what he is. Uh, so they got two new ally decks for Red Dragon and I'm my wife and I are huge Red Dragon Inn fans. So, uh, of course, the new D and D Player's Handbook comes out. I'm I. It says online that it releases the nineteenth. If, if, if Wizards doesn't have it at Gen Con, they are failing. Yeah, no, they're they're <laughs> supposed to have the Player's Handbook okay. at Gen Con. Okay, yeah, that is going to be a topic. Is that for five or slash next? Yes, fifth yeah. edition. It's the new. Yeah, it's. It's that's going D to be a future topic. Yeah, they that's are not putting topic. an edition it is on it. D and D is what it's. Yes. So I don't know. Um, I got the starter. So the, the Pathfinder card game. They have a new yeah skull and shackles. Yeah. That's right. The pirate based one. Um, and then uh, Yellow Games, Sorry. the guys who make King of uh, King of Tokyo and King of New York, they've got uh, three or four games that I'm really interested. They got they they have a, a line of um, like kids games. They have like a. Uh, Three Little Pigs and um, uh, Baba Yaga, the witch, and they've got another. What is it? What is it called? Oh, the hair, the hair and the tortoise. They're like story-oriented board games hmm. for like kids of like age three and up, I think. Um, so I'm definitely going to check those out. And then they have a new game coming out called Zombie Fifteen, hmm. and it's like fifteen different scenarios that are fifteen minutes long. That have an associated CD that has a 15-minute-long track, mm. and it's basically like a survival type. You know, you have 15 minutes to live, kind of zombie. It's like apocalypse. Midnight Syndicate made a board game. Yeah, yeah, it really is, and and so I'm really looking forward to that actually releasing. I think they did a Kickstarter for it last year, and they had a preview copy of it at Gen Con last year. But uh, I'm really looking forward to those games uh, coming out. So, and then we've got Wizards World in. That's right. Wizards Spring. World in February. Yeah, the Wizard World Indianapolis. So it's you no longer just like, in. It's no longer just in New York and Chicago. That that is going to, to sell out really early. Yeah, they don't have any tickets available as of yet. But you have to hawk it. Yeah, and and as soon as those tickets come available, you better believe. Yes, I'm definitely going to have. And and it's three. It's a three day con. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually the weekend before my anniversary, so I should Where's be okay. Yeah, it's a You either spend all your money for the con or save well, my wife, for your wife. My wife is not going to be mad at me for taking her to a convention for our anniversary. Oh, no, I can always guarantee up, that. How it's going to end up selling. Wizard World. Is that, um, is that a fantasy convention? Or it's it is a World Comic it Con. It is Wizard World Comic Con. Okay. It's it's a uh, think of Comic Con, and but just regional. Okay. But they're huge. Like the oh, cosplay. Yeah, they do. I think they is, do thirty different events across the country. Yeah, I mean, if if you're looking for cosplay, it's mm-hmm. Dragon Con and Wizard World. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and um, I know, at least speculatively, they get about a hundred thousand people in Chicago. Wow. Yeah. Which is actually, I think it's the weekend after Gen Con is the Chicago. Wow. You can't. Yeah. You, you cannot buy a four day pass. It is sold out completely for four day passes in, in yeah. Chicago Wizard World. Wow. Okay. So, it's so yes. similar to Dragon Con, like you have to purchase yeah. and uh, book your hotel a year in advance for Dragon Con. Yeah. Mm. Um, so that's going to be a pretty big. I mean, like Lance said at near the beginning of the episode, 
Indianapolis is kind of becoming a new hub mm-hmm. for some really cool opportunities. Um, We're an amazing location. We're we right are, in the and West. and we and crossroads of America. No, no matter what Our Facebook says, Indianapolis is really not that unhappy. No. I mean, no. <laughs> It'll help us pay for that giant stadium <laughs> that, that never gets. That's used. right. Um, so. Um, so as the established facts, uh, we're definitely going to be doing some fundraising here soon. Uh, we're going to try and put some really cool game nights together with some prizes and stuff like that. Because as we have been talking about, we really want to make conventions an opportunity for us to get out and meet new people and talk to people about what we do and what we love. And we would love to see you all out there, and we would love for your support. So we will it's have to grow the community. And yeah, we're, we're not. I mean, as you guys know, we we don't sell products, so it's not we like don't. we can. Raise funds elsewhere. Right, we have right. to pay for this. That's right, and and uh, mm-hmm. so we're definitely going to have some really cool events coming down the pipe, and we will let you guys know as soon as we have a date for those things. Uh, and definitely check out our website. Um, Josh has got all of those really cool plugs at the end of the episode. Um, and I just realized, <laughs> as always. Um, our last fact with Paul and Storm, which if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely do. It's a the the audio is kind of it's not the greatest because it's a live it's a live recording in an open exhibit hall, and the guy who speaks over the loudspeaker cuts in about seven or eight times. And our special guest Darth Vader. And our special guest Darth ba- uh, Vader breathing in the back corner, but um, so. I need I need a little help on the new fact because uh, I've had so much fun talking to you guys that uh, I have disregarded it thus far. But anyway, our last fact was Darth Vader loves corn dogs. That's a true statement. It is. It really is. It is. It is. So our new fact for episode seventy-five. After much deliberation. That's right. Uh, our 2014 mid-year review is, though you may like to play with yourself, conventions are always better with friends. And you don't need a TARDIS or DeLorean to get there. Sounds good. Yay! Yay, Yay for facts. <laughs> Please visit us at www.theestablishedfacts.com and our Facebook page, facebook.com slash theestablishedfacts. If you'd like to support us by buying some merchandise, visit cafepress.com slash castingrobot. Bonus.